0: <laughs> so toxic, toxic leadership to me is, you know, a, a leader that doesn't put his people first. He's not a servant leader. Okay. Well,
1: so for those that don't know, a frago is a fragmented order, which means, like, your, your order, your mission comes out, but it changes 17 different times throughout the process.
0: I get jokes from people like, oh, you going on your camping <laughs> trip? Yeah. You, know, you, you, can't you want the marshmallows?" <laughs> yeah. So you
1: threw up on the rucksack, in yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Tavern Talks. Uh, this is a an interesting and a fun uh, episode. We're here with Travis Coomer i don't know are you travis one or travis two travis one. you're travis one all right so i'm travis two um and, and really like this this is going to be kind of a uh conversation about about yourself right and how did you get pulled into events how'd you get pulled into eastman you know all the kind of fun stuff that like you know for our our listeners and people that are like oh well they're Oh, we know them they're on the Evets leadership team well they don't really know the other dimensions about you right Um, and so this kind of stems from people knowing you at work and people knowing you you know um you know being in the military and serving and a veteran um but at the same time there's so many other different facets that you know working out family all the kind of fun stuff uh so i guess just give us kind of a rundown of if you had an elevator pitch for like two or three minutes, you know, how would you describe yourself?
0: I would describe myself as uh, active, uh, hard worker, dedicated to what I love, dedicated to my family especially. I've, uh, I've been at Easton for almost seven years. I started out with the uh, contractor group inside of Easton before, and I decided to Make leave Eastman. When I was a contractor, just looking around at how the Eastman employees treated, or treated, or the treated them. They showed so much respect to them, and I was starting to learn about the veteran side on Eastman as well before I even joined Eastman, and uh, realized how well Eastman takes care of the veterans. And you know, in December of 2014, I applied for Eastman, and I started in January of 2015 been uh, it's been great great company to work for um,
1: all right so you, you had mentioned there are dedicated to family um, tell us a little bit about your family
0: so I got four little girls uh, well say little not so little anymore I got one that's about to turn 13 <laughs> one that just turned 12 and Wait,
1: then they uh, 12 and 13 going on 30 <laughs> yeah right? that's what it feels like <laughs> Uh, they run your life.
0: Absolutely, huh? they they control what I Is that why what you I chose do. night shift? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they control what I do on a daily basis. Uh, okay. So I got a uh, she. I got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old as well. Okay. And uh, so, they're going on twenty-five. So.
1: so. you got all the ages, all the the fun ages, all the way up to probably oh, the stressful ages. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. They're all stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, girls. Well, we've well, we got four-year-olds in the house, or a four-year-old in the house. And and she's, she's sweet, though. Yeah, and, and and whatever reason, like, I mean, we're completely blessed here, but at the same time, <coughs> you know, when they say, oh, the terrible twos or terrible threes, like, we never really went through that. I don't know why. But now I'm, I might be counting my chickens way too early. You know, when she turns 10 or 13 or whatever, we might have a whole lot of yeah. different yeah. problems. But Right now, Raylan's sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Her meanness is gaining interest. You're going to hit with a huge payment here in a <laughs>
1: All right, so I guess give us a little insight into. Hey, why did you join the military? Is this a family traditional thing, and you were kind of pressured into it, or is this something that you know there was a a life event or there was an event that triggered? You know what? I want to I want to serve something greater than myself. Did you do it to get out of jail? Uh, No. Yeah, it was a court-mandated. I feel like I I went to jail.
0: Uh, so we, we talked about that a little bit in an earlier podcast uh, you know, I, I never had family in the military and one event that stuck out to me was 9-11 and That happened when I was in elementary school. So it stayed mm-hmm. with me and stayed with me and stayed with me and uh, You know I had a kid Right when I turned well, shortly after I turned 15 So I knew I needed to do something to better myself become a become a role model for mm-hmm. her and um, where I was working at the time was fast food, and I didn't I didn't have insurance, and, you know, I, I needed to do something. So I joined the military when I was 17, and, you know, I've been in there almost 12 years now, yeah. and I love it.
1: Okay, when you say you joined the military, you joined the Army. Army, yeah. Let's be very specific here, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and then you decided to go into the infantry and be a mortarman, actually, yeah. so... You know, on top of the thousands of different jobs that are in the Army um, or in the military, you chose infantry, which some could throw out the argument that you're just crazy because that's... It's just the infantry, right? (laughs) People are bred a little bit differently. People think a little bit differently. Um, Take me back to, like, your... Your favorite infantry basic story. Because I'm I'm familiar with some funny stories. Yeah. um, Having you know, worked on Sand Hill and at Fort Benning. So kind of give me your, could be funny, sad, serious. Ah, there, there's
0: several different things that happen. You know, I, I miss my kids' first first steps. So there's uh, a, okay. that kind of stinks. But hey, you know, I was doing it to better myself and mm-hmm. her as well. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> there's every basic every basic has crappy stories okay you know, come on back, lay it
1: on what is <laughs>
0: come coming on. back from our last FTX you know on the way to honor hill and uh, you know I, I started to get really sick you're up for 48 30, or 48 72 hours mm-hmm. And uh, I just started throwing up on my ruck marge, and uh, I started throwing up on the guy's rucksack in front of me. Oh, all right. So you weren't at the five-meter pace. Oh, no. I or the five-meter distance. No, no. You were breaking
1: all the rules, yeah. trying to stay as well, close you as know possible. How it works. It works like a yo The accordion yo-yo. effect? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you catch up, okay. then you drop a half a okay. mile back. <laughs> it's a yo-yo,
0: man. <laughs>
1: so you threw up on the ruck sack in front yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's... every
0: time we every time we took a knee I would just pass out on my rifle so <laughs> I, I thought well I'm never gonna make this okay so I'm was this was this it. summertime oh yeah all summer okay so they did
1: they do um, uh, ice sheets or anything did you get ice sheeted, you know
0: I had ice sheets on that <laughs> so our first our first run of basic I don't know two weeks in I uh, our first hard run man I blacked out I couldn't see anything. I, I knew somebody was close. So I just started grabbing on to whoever I could reach, and it ended up being the drill sergeants. It's so early; they started pushing me off, cussing me, telling me not to touch them. And I couldn't see anything. I was I was blacked out, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't used to running in that kind of weather. And,
1: uh... Well, I mean, I mean, knowing that that I see you at the gym every time I go to the gym, which isn't as often as yeah. you probably go to the gym. Um, I got to imagine that, you know. Uh, Private Travis, you know, also had a foundation of some physical fitness prior to going in. So, yeah. was was that just a shock to your system of, you know, lack of sleep, lack of food, different environment, well, people yelling was, at you, or was was Private Travis l- literally just unprepared athletically?
0: Oh, Private Travis was unprepared. I was, <laughs> I was
1: seventeen, still trying to raise a kid, okay. trying to make it through high school. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All my, right. My plate was full.
1: Well, I was giving you all kinds of credit here and some, some benefit of the doubt thinking that, like,
0: <laughs> no, man, not.
1: Private Travis was stacked ready to go, no. and and this was a, a 12-mile run oh, on no. Sand Hill, you know.
0: I wasn't prepared. Out
1: to the hand grenade <laughs> range and back, you know, or something crazy. So, all right. All right, so so as you've served through the military, uh, you've come across good leadership, maybe poor leadership, Talk whether that be... Leadership. What?
0: Toxic leadership.
1: Okay. Toxic. You know, whether that be NCOs or whether that be officers, we're not going to discriminate here. Um, Mainly officers. (laughs) Those All academy right. officers were the worst. Oh, know, yeah. Right? The Air Force Academy when they jump in in the infantry? Yeah, oh, man. No, definitely
0: wasn't talking. I am talking West Point. <laughs> Especially the ones that had the like the scholarship oh, kids. Yeah. Oh, those were the yeah. worst. Wrestling scholarship was oh, yeah. the absolute worst. Now they wear buttoned up t-shirts know. tucked in blue jeans. And it's yeah. 90 degrees outside and they're chilling in it. I just, you know what? Explains the Army right there. All right. So so back to, back to the <laughs> bases of
1: leadership here, right? All right. You know. <laughs> Alright, so if you were to pinpoint, you know, it, it may not even be a characteristic of leadership, but what is one thing that kind of gets under your skin when, when you're thinking back to those days of either drill sergeants, NCOs that you've seen in units, officers that you've seen in units, you know, what makes a leader toxic? Like you mentioned, you said toxic. Um, kind of describe that to me. don't don't say names.
0: No. So, (laughs) so toxic (laughs) toxic leadership to me is, you know, a a leader that doesn't put his people first. He's not a servant leader. Okay. Um, and he's he's all about, hey, you know, my guys, I know they're tired. They can just they can just go and do this. Yeah. Pardon my language. Shitty detail. while I I'll go take a nap or something. Um, and just never you never see them. They always put somebody else in charge so they don't have to be there. Uh, and and they're never they're never around they don't answer questions they don't have that presence yeah and that could be nco or officer absolutely yeah absolutely um and i mean i i feel where i've where i've moved up in leadership roles now you know i'm there with my guys all the time yeah if there's a detail
1: you know i'm right there with them that's part of it i I join i wear the same boots they do yeah
0: And, uh, and i'm
1: guessing that that's an attribute that you take not just in the military side of you know uh you know weekend training or weekend mm-hmm. fdx's or things like that but also as you you know hide your, you hold yourself to a higher standard in your civilian job absolutely right whether you are a a manager of sort or not you know you would never you know you take some of those attributes to the to the job right
0: yeah and i could use an example you know just from last night at work we had a uh, we had a small fire on a syngas line and uh you know, my my team managers were there, but yeah. they they were just kind of just waiting on the fire hall. And I jumped mm-hmm. in and I said, hey, you know, to my team manager, I said, hey, you know, we need to wet this area down at least. So if yeah. this flame spreads, there's there's wooden scaffolds, there's lockout out paper tags. Yeah. Let's wet everything down.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, I just I just jumped in there and took charge and just tried tried to lead that.
1: Yeah. So that's I mean that's interesting too because that could be a um, you know just an example of like adaptability, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, we have that as one of our core values and our, our core behaviors in, in the company. And you know, and one of those things is, well, people don't always understand and, and, and know the different levels and dimensions of adaptability. And they think that military, oh, you're too rigid. You know, you show up and you say, yes, sir. You know, they say jump and you say how high, you know, that kind of stuff. But there's also like a, a learned trait of adaptability that, you know, you, you can, you know, fire as an example right for any job whether you're in supply chain logistics manufacturing firefighting is a term because it's literally firefighting it's somebody jumping in and having to adjust on the fly and make quick decisions and leadership decisions so that's a good example and i think that that kind of gets to there's in the military it's the same thing right you know we're not producing anything we are literally leading people um, and on the fly, you have this elaborate decision-making process, the op order, you know, of, hey, this is how we think the mission's going to go. Uh, 17 fragos. Yeah, right? Exactly. So for those that don't know, a frago is a fragmented order, which means, like, your your order, your mission comes out, but it changes 17 different times throughout the process. And you ask any veteran, you ask anybody that has any sort of military service background, they're going to tell you, oh, that's just, a, that's just the way it is. I think in civilian businesses, people get too fixated on the thought that, oh, military is too rigid. They're just maybe yes men or yes women or, you know, and that sort of thing. But I think that's a great example.
0: I also think it's a good example of, you know, bias for action and proactive approach. Yeah. You weren't just saying, oh, there's, there's a fire, let's wait for the firefighters. Right. It said, all right, how do we how do we proactively make this less of a problem later how do we look at this to prevent the fire spreading literally in yeah, this case absolutely. Yeah. and the bias for action yeah i'm not going to just wait for the you know the one person here i've taken my uh, annual safety training i know which you know uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i almost said
1: fire hydrant That's <laughs> air force for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got great firefighters <laughs> but you know you know the basic steps to take and
0: you jumped in. You jumped in in a safe manner. You didn't put yeah, yourself absolutely. or anyone else at risk, but you also yeah. prevented
1: more risk. So I think it's a good example. Yeah. So to give us a glimpse of your military career and its progressed from fire extinguisher <laughs> Got it. from from sorry, Private Travis late. to where you are now.
0: That's not a good sorry, I was giggling. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell. Jacqueline joined us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so, so give us a glimpse of that that progression um, there's a lot of folks out there that don't understand that you know going from a private you know to where you are now takes a lot of work it takes a lot of discipline it takes a lot of promotions uh, maybe get knocked down a couple times until hey you're not yet ready for that role um, and so you have to adjust schools learning things like that PT to get to the point where you become qualified in the military's eyes of being promoted to additional responsibility. Yeah,
0: So, you know, when I joined, when I was private Travis, <laughs> I was uh, I was only 17. I turned 18 in basic. You know, I okay. I was a kid with a kid. I've, I've never really enjoyed summers and everything. Yeah. So, you know, I was I was pretty immature to say the least. And when I was private Travis and private first class Travis. You know, I I I screwed up quite a bit. I I, you know I tried to hide drills and stuff. I didn't really didn't really (laughs) take it serious.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, you know it it kind of kind of put me in reverse for a couple times. But then you know I started I started maturing myself. My kid started maturing. So that helped me. You know I I really need to mature more than she does. Uh, So going through the ranks, you know, going in deployment. I seen I seen other people make mistakes and get in way way more trouble than I ever did. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of kind of took took them under my wing as a mentor at the time and tried to guide them in the right direction, which helped me, which yeah. helped me guide myself in the right
1: direction yeah. as well. Well, what led you to that? Was that just something that you saw in the ranks that they did? Yeah. Or is that something that maybe your leadership expected from you because you're now you know E5, Travis? and you're a squad leader and that was just that was something that like was an underspoken rule I mean, how did that come uh, about where you, you guided you took people under your wing a
0: little bit of both okay you know when you're in e5 and you got fours and below you yeah. they' they're your they're your person you you tried to ra- you try to raise them yeah. quotations as you want them to progress yeah. because you know when you're gone these guys are going to take your spot
1: yeah
0: um, so it was kind of both it was kind of expected and then plus you know, I knew these guys had potential in their civilian life and military life, and I didn't want to see them screw either one of them up.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, and then, obviously, I've been—I I started going to more military schools and stuff, which helps you help you become a mentor and guide you in the right direction towards leadership. Yeah. So you kind of pick up on stuff like that, even just basic leadership school.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so it, it helps out a lot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, you mentioned something, uh, you know, the leading, you know, not just the soldier and the tasks or the mission that's there, but also the person, right? Kind of a holistic leader. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, at least for me, I got quickly inundated with, right? I was, I was an officer. So the, the, the things that you, you learn is, you know, you learn PT, you learn basic right, you know, marksmanship, Rifle marksmanship, and you learn battle drills. Well, one of the things that just quickly punched you in the face when you get out there to learn and, and to, or to lead a platoon was, hey, there's whole other different dimensions of leading, right? There's you know, you got couples that are you know struggling. You got soldiers that are struggling financially. You've got you know just leadership challenges that aren't necessarily a rifle and a battle yeah. drill. And and I think that's one of the interesting aspects that. You know, when we we jump into the civilian world and we jump into civilian corporations, you know, there's this turnstile door, right? Hey, when you're at work, this is how we we lead you. I'm your supervisor. This is how things go. But then when you go through that turnstile and you leave, you know, no more. And I, I think, and just, you know, me personally, like, there's a holistic aspect where veterans really, they want that other aspect, right? They want that... They want that connectivity, that brotherhood, sisterhood, where, right? They know that you're going to be there for all things, not just work things, right? Um, or they they feel comfortable uh, talking to you in an open manner about, hey, man, I've got some, i got some problems with a, you know, a, a car loan that's 19% or something yeah. like that, right? It was strangely something that I never thought that I'd ever have to deal with, or never thought that I would actually encounter. My first platoon was absolute challenge because of all the other things that weren't military, um, and I think that again it, it makes you a holistic leader, um, kind of like you mentioned, taking people under your wing, not just because of the military things that they're they're challenged yeah.
0: with. So. We don't ever want to see somebody fail, I mean yeah. military civilian. I want to see everybody succeed, whether that's whether they get a promotion, more or not. Yeah. first before me you know yeah. I want to see somebody else succeed
1: mm-hmm. so given the rank that you are now and and, and I'll let you kind of elaborate where you're at what are what are your hopes from there from your your career progression forward uh, in the military as well as at Eastman?
0: so you know in the military right now I'm a staff sergeant which is an E6 filling a platoon sergeant's role as an okay. E7 um, I'm slotted for the e7 role or e7 promotion in october okay um i have my senior leaders course in uh, march of next year where's that at 2024 Benning. okay so, I, so I how many
1: weeks are you back there because that's it's, if i remember correctly five weeks yeah
0: slc is five weeks okay
1: so and the company is awesome with you absolutely. just taking five weeks off and saying hey yeah. see you later we heard you're gonna go do some fun uh, <laughs> yeah you know take vacation have some fun down at uh fort benning <laughs> fun (laughs) but see again like if people only knew right yeah well Um,
0: i can hit on that just a little bit you know and uh next month july 9th or whatever i leave for three weeks to go to fort hood eastman will pay me the whole three weeks that i'm gone you i never miss an hour of work so i'm getting paid from the military and full full time at eastman yep for the whole three weeks that i'm gone next month
1: so i guess uh, let me let me play devil's advocate real quick here Um, you know, how do you feel like your team receives that? You know, you know what I mean, like, um, that's gotta be tough, they've gotta cover down on you. I remember back in the day in the military, we always covered down for people, right? And we were like, we were eager to step up, hey, they've got a challenge, I've got a bucket, I'm gonna grab a bucket, scoop some water, and throw it out of the boat, I'm gonna help out, right? Um, how is that perceived here in, the, I guess, a civilian world? Again, well, this is just one story, not, Yeah. I mean, you know. it's always challenging,
0: especially coming out of a shutdown where we've been doubled up for three weeks yeah. already. And now I'm, now I leave again for three weeks. But, you know, I, I've done, I've been at Eastman for almost seven years and I've gone to AT every year. Yeah. And I've been, and I've been deployed for a year. Yeah. While I've been there. And I've never heard one negative comment about yeah. me being gone. I get. I get jokes from people like, Oh, you going on your camping trip? You want some marshmallows?" Yeah. Um, And and it's always it's always jokes, you know. They we usually have a dinner before I leave just to okay say, you know, good luck. Yeah. And uh, the
1: team's pretty well received and very supportive. That's uh, awesome.
0: I've been through three team managers now with with me being gone, Um, different area managers, and nobody has ever. It's never held me up on something, mm-hmm. and I've never, I've never received negative feedback from it. Yeah. And I've also, I've, as well, I've put in my team managers and area managers for awards from the military for their support. Yep, yeah. yeah. um, and it's pretty awesome.
1: Well, the irony too is, um, you know, all jokes aside, you know, you're going to go to, you know, on post living down there, and I, if I remember correctly, you got like a. You know, you could probably walk about a mile and then you'll get to the subway. Yeah. I think the bowling alley is shut down now people just don't bowl anymore on post. Yeah. Uh, and there's not much there. No. Um, and you don't have a car, right? And so and literally... I haven't been
0: to Fort Benny since 2010.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I haven't been down there yeah, in a while yeah. either, so don't quote me on this. But um, I remember all the, the SLT, you know, folks that were coming through because uh, they paired them up the way the 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 bear, you know barracks and the buildings mm-hmm. were you had all the second lieutenants yeah. Oh, yeah. on one side for the bullock and then you had all the, the e7s for slt on the other yeah. so you had the very beginning of people that were learning how to lead and then you had the people that were very senior um but then you'd see them at the end of the the day still walking like ants <laughs> over to the subway yeah. you know or to the gas station to get like a monster yeah. or something like that
0: yeah Oh, and, and you know, yeah. next month in Fort Hood, Texas, I'll be sleeping in a tent, a one-man tent, for three weeks. Maybe <laughs> watches and showers. Yeah. So, but well, no. I, we got off subject a little bit, so. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to where I am in the military, where I want to see myself, <clears throat> in both civilian and military. Uh, so in October, I hope to take the E7 slot, which I'm slated for. Yeah. Uh, they've already put me in. They've already put me in that role. It's just the. Uh, packet and everything that has to get that has to go through approval and yep. everything and the boards. Um, so I hope by the end of the year I make seven, and next year I'll go to SLC to. So SLC is what you need to keep your seven. Mm-hmm. So I hope to go to that in March, and then I go back to Fort Benning in the fall of next year to do uh, MLOC, which is mortar leadership school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's pretty exciting. I just hate, I, you know, I, at the end of this contract, I'm gonna have 15 years. Yeah. And it's, it's a really tough decision, whether to get out or stay in and have a check waiting on me when I'm 37 yeah. for retirement. That's not
1: bad. Yeah. It's, and, I, no. and
0: I enjoy I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the guys. I enjoy leading them and making better people. Both military and civilian side, uh, so it's I like it. It's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, you're at a you're at a, a really cool point uh, in your career too, where you have those kind of options. Yeah. It's a tough challenge to sit down with your you know wife and your family and think about well, what do, what do we want for our future here yeah. and, and, and and this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, for those that are listening that don't really know or aren't aware, there's actually pretty rigorous steps and requirements that, that you have to check. In order to even be considered for the next rank, yeah. um, one of the the interesting things that I liked about the the NCO side and the enlisted side versus the officer side um, was that aspect. You go before a board, you have to interview, you have to display knowledge of yeah. your current role or responsibilities and your le- leadership capabilities. Uh, but then there's like you know, like you mentioned, there's different courses that you have to take, which. Um, Take time out of your, you know, time with your family, time out of your civilian career. Uh, You have to knock these out um, in order to be even considered uh, for the next promotion, Uh, which is different than in some civilian companies. Uh, Promoting people in civilian companies, you know, can be rigorous and and there can be, you know, different evaluations you have to to go through. Um, I don't think that it is um, as difficult as what I've seen for... um, you know, from a military standpoint of how you've got this continuity of methodology of this is what it takes to become an E3. This is what it takes to become an E4. You have to go before your your superiors, you know, as an E5 to get this certain rank, or you have to have this sort of degree or these these training requirements, um, which makes it you know um, all more deserving of the qualification and of the rank when you get
0: there. So. Another thing that's awesome about the school is, you know, Eastman recognizes them as a, as a school that you've gone to yeah. for leadership. It's pretty awesome. I, anytime, I, anytime I talk to somebody at Eastman about it, they, they ask me to elaborate what they what they are, what I've learned in them, what mm-hmm. traits what traits they've taught me. So it's pretty cool that they recognize them.
1: Well Travis, thank you. I appreciate it, you know, giving us a little glimpse of, of the third and fourth dimension of yourself, not just as hey, you're a part of events, but also, you know, about your military service and your family. Thank you so much. All right.